This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We welcome in now Mark Drumheller. He joins us on the Roman guest line. Mark, how are you doing? I'm a little nervous tonight. My Celtics down to their last leg. They got some fight in them, though. Does the series end tonight? Just tell me right now. Does the series end? Should I hedge off? Actually, here's where I got to start. I'm on the Celtics, 35 to 1. I didn't get a very great price, um, but it's a decent price. Should I hedge off of it right now? Just take the Warriors on the money line, plus 140, and get some money back, or should I let it ride? I think you might want to take the Warriors, but I'm not sure oh. it's tonight. And that's the thing. I'm on the Celtics tonight. I laid the points with Boston. Um, I just can't get off them. I'm trying to squeeze a couple more dollars out of this NBA season. And I like them to bounce back tonight. I'm on the over as well, and I'm on uh, Jason Tatum over assist. So I got, you know, side prop total combination going tonight. I feel real confident. They've been pretty correlated um, throughout the series. But I like the Celtics. I think they, they show up in front at home tonight. But then I, I just think in game seven, it's going to be a little bit different. So if you're talking about your 35-1 to ticket, not sure if that one's going to get home, but I think the bets tonight do. Mark, what do you think about the total 211 and I mean, we've seen these two teams go through some weird scoring droughts over the last couple of games. And, you know, we both know that, I mean, these are two of the best defenses uh, this season in general, but also two of the most high turnover teams as well. So that makes the variance in the scoring department extremely hard to handicap. What would you do with this number tonight? The, the second lowest total we've had of any of the games so far in the finals. Yeah, I think it's pretty simple. Like, if you're on Boston tonight, I think you want to play the over. If you're on Golden State, you want to play the under. And why I say that is if you look at the way the series has gone, it's gone the way of Boston's offense. It's been very predictive in the end result. Uh, Boston's averaged 25 more points per game in the two games that they won. Uh, You know, they shot 10% better from the field, 49% compared to 39%. And it really comes down to – you know, can Boston execute the offense the way Emei wants them to? Get the ball movement going, get the Warriors defense, you know, having to string through multiple rotations and try and close out. And and when they do that, they're successful. But I think the issue has been, um, you know, it, as we get longer in the series, they just seem like fatigue. They just seem to start getting a little bit more tired. And you're seeing it especially in the fourth quarters. If you look at the last two games in the fourth quarters, Boston couldn't hit anything. The shots are falling short. And I think that's just because, you know, they're settling for isolation and then, you know, they're just kind of like driving to the lane and getting stuck and turning the ball over like you talked about. And I think if they execute the offense the way it's supposed to, but again, you know, it, it's going to take a lot. They're going to have to dig deep in the gas tank to do that. And I'm just not sure how much they have. And that's part of why I like them to be able to do it tonight. Maybe we get one last spurt to where they, you know, play their best. But then I think, you know, asking them to come back and do that in Game 7 is going to be tough. Boston, in this series, played best when they had the most rest. You know, and a lot of people attributed that to Robert Williams and his knee and being able to rest. But I think it's much, much bigger than that. I think it's the fatigue surrounding the whole team. It doesn't feel like they uh, have a real ball handler, Mark, and they're turning the ball over like crazy, uh, fumbling their way to losses. It seemed like they could have won last game, Game 5, so how do you see this playing out in terms of, like you said, they're very fatigued, them being able to take 
care of the basketball in a better way. Yeah, it, it's going to start with, you know, I think it's just, I think they're getting caught just settling. And I think like they're more like hunting for mismatches. Like, Hey, let me try and take advantage of pool here. Let me try and take advantage of Curry instead of really driving and kicking pump fake move, pass it out to the perimeter, drive kick again, you know, really get the defense moving. Um, it's going to be up to smart. It starts with smart. And that's really why I'm on Tatum's assist. Like if you look at, you know, his performance throughout the series, you know, when he is racking up those assists, they're winning the games. Right. And that's because, you know, everybody's getting involved in the offense. It's not just kind of relying on Tatum um, and Jalen Brown. It's, you know, you're seeing, you know, Marcus Smart get involved, you know, from a shooting perspective and those things. And, and that's really what they need. How do they fix that? It's going to be discipline and it's going to, it's going to take a lot of energy. And I think, you know, they're going to have to really, you know, dig deep in this one. And, and I, you know, I think they can do it tonight, but I just, again, I, I think it's going to be hard to continue throughout the series and win back-to-back games that way. Mark, if you're looking for a little bit more action and you think maybe this could go seven and you want to bet Boston tonight, I almost think it's better if you're going to take Boston on the money line just to go with maybe Boston to win the finals. You know, plus 310 is a really good price. But even better than that, Tatum is plus 375. I think that's mispriced. I mean, he missed his last eight field goal attempts, I believe, in the fourth quarter in that last game. Jalen Brown right now is 25 to 1, and we still got two games to go. Hopefully, if the Celtics do pull this out, he drops 35 tonight, maybe goes off for 32, doesn't turn the ball over 48 times or five times in the first quarter. That would be sweet. Um, what would be the best bet on the board right now if you wanted to kind of play, you know, the uh, futures market with maybe one or two games left only available? Yeah, I wouldn't go crazy, but I would. I do like Jalen Brown just from the yeah. sense of like how we talked about what Boston needs to do to win. They need Tatum to move the ball around. They need, you know, if you look at the games that they won, Tatum had you know thirteen dimes in the one in the first game, and then you know I think he had nine in the other. Right. So if if he's doing that, I think that's getting you know Brown more involved, and I think it just plays more to Brown being able to take over and get more attention from a scoring perspective which is going to be better for the MVP stuff. I know there's a lot of talk about, you know, oh, well, should Steph Curry win the MVP if they still lose? And I just think that's a stretch. Like, I think if, you know, Boston wins, you know, two consecutive games and and Golden State doesn't close this out, I think it's going to be very difficult not to give a Celtics the MVP. Um, And I think, you know, their path forward to winning, I think Jalen Brown has to be a big part of that. So just because of the price, like I said, I wouldn't go crazy on it, but – you know, I wouldn't mind splashing a little bit on Jalen Brown if I was going to take somebody. Mark, how early do you start looking towards next year's odds in terms of futures betting? I mean, uh, I was on with uh, Dallas today, and they were asking me about their team, of course, making a trade for Christian Wood um, from the Houston Rockets, and they're interested in betting the futures market. How early or maybe how late do you wait uh, for some more information before you go ahead and pull the trigger on a team that you want to believe in uh, prior to the start of the season? I believe some places have the Mavericks after that trade hanging around 10 to 1 they were like 15 to 1 before the wood acquisition yeah it's really tough like I don't like to go at it too early like again you know it's it's kind of like a personal preference and how you're establishing your bankroll but um there's so much that can still happen like we we still have the draft in front of us and and what do we know about the NBA draft right there there can be a lot of trade Mm -hmm. there can be a lot of movement a lot of people moving in to those top spots um and that's really going to impact you know the landscape of some of those teams that you know, could be, you know, on that mid-tier, on that cusp of kind of like, you know, really making a move into, you know, being a contender. So 
Um, I, I don't like to get into it too early, but you know, if, if people want to dabble and, and take a shot, you know, I can't blame them. It depends on their bankroll. Like I, me personally, like futures, I don't like to get too crazy into because I like to, you know, save the majority of the bankroll for the season. But you know, I will take a stab as we get closer. Have you been looking at uh, draft stuff at all? A little bit, like just towards the top, like you know, like with you know Chet and Jabari. Obviously, um, I know you know. Uh, there's a lot of value there with Chet now, and it's interesting because me being from Philadelphia, like I just, I'm just always weary because of the Sean Bradley thing. Is when you take a big man and you want him to kind of grow into his NBA frame. Not that it can't happen, you know, but uh, I just not comparing Chet to Sean Bradley. Obviously, a much brighter future. Hey, I am. No, I'm, 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 they're both skinny white dudes. That, that's, I mean, um, yeah, and that's about it. I just think that when you look at Jabari, I think it's very hard to pass up considering like how the game is played today, right? You know, six ten shoots forty two percent from three, right? You know, a lot of versatility can guard the perimeter on defense if he has to. Can really do so much, and that to me, that's the type of cornerstone that you want to really build your franchise around as opposed to like a big man and this is coming from somebody again from philadelphia who is built currently trying to find a way and to trade everyone a contender around the big man right and we can't do it we can't figure it out we can't get the culture right we can't get the chemistry right we can't get anything right and it's a little it's a little tougher i think than where if you got you know a 610 you know, guy who can drain over 40% from three that plays, you know, can guard a bunch of people on defense and can really score at three levels, right? You know, like I would much rather start, you know, the resurgence of my franchise with that type of player. So I still like Jabari to go one, even if I think it's like minus 145 now, but I understand why people would play some value with Chet because everything I'm hearing is it's up in the air. It can go either way, but if they put me in charge, it would be Jabari Smith for the Magic. Absolutely. Mark, 30 seconds. Any USFL plays? Got to keep it quick, Mark. I know you got them. All right, I got a good one. I got, uh, I got, give me New Orleans and Houston on the under. That's All right, the under 41 and a half right now. One and a half. Love it, huh? 41 and a half. Yep. I, I like don't want to cut Mark. you off there, Mark. Have a great night, buddy. Mark Drumheller, joining us on the Roman Guest Line. We snuck that one in with about five seconds to go.